Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee, and let's awaken our hearts together. Well, my mom, my mom-in-law, Pastor Joyce Boucher, she always said to me that before God wants to do a breakthrough, it, you know, you know, as you're preparing for a meeting or or whatever, as if God's going to break through, your appliances are going to break before it happens. And so, literally, I was like, really? She's like, oh yeah, every time this is what happens. That's how the enemy works. Well, guess what happened this week? My dryer broke. Fritz gone. My microwave broke absolutely dead gone. Both. Two appliances. So I'm like, wow, doubly blessed. Doubly blessed. There's going to be a double blessing. So poor Jason, he's alone this week, right? I'm not cooking or any, I don't know what he's doing. There's no microwave. So I don't, he's probably not eating. Like it's not good. It's definitely not good for him that there's no microwave. Our key scripture for our conference this year is Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's a promise. You will seek me and find me. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's our promise. And 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18 This is exactly, exactly what I know that the Lord is going to do for every single one of us over this day, if he hasn't already. And I'm going to speak this out because God's word has power, and God's word is truth. And when you speak it out, whether you see it in the natural, you begin to proclaim it and declare it in the spiritual, and it is what is going to happen. Sometimes we have to wait some time to see the fruition of it, but it is what is going to happen. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and the spirit of the Lord is here today. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is spirit. Lord, we thank you for your spirit in this place. We know that it is only but a work of your spirit that we can be transformed and set free. And that is our heart's desire today, to become more like you, that you would remove the veil, any veils that are blocking us from seeing the provision that you have already made for us to walk in. God, would you remove those veils, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I have this weird thing when I preach, and it just, it makes my nose run, so hold on, sorry. It'll literally bug me if I don't do it. I'm so sorry. I don't know what it is. It's like my mouth moves and then it makes my nose run. I don't know. It's a a weird thing. Maybe I just get too excited. And you made me cry, Nashla, so there you go. That's why my nose is running. Thank you for that. (laughs) Marco Polo. All right. I love the game Marco Polo. We have a pool at home. I still love it. I'm 45 years old. I still absolutely, let's play Marco Polo. It's so fun. But nobody wants to be it for Marco Polo, right? It's kind of hard to be it because you have your eyes closed. You're in the pool. You yell out, Marco. You wait for everyone to call out Polo. And you kind of go in that direction and try to get them. And if you're not the fastest swimmer in the pool, 
it, you actually can be it for a really, really, really long time. It can be really frustrating. And sometimes our relationship with God can feel a little bit like that. It can feel like a game of Marco Polo where we literally call out to him, Marco, and we wait. We wait for a response. We wait for a call. And then sometimes, sometimes we sense or we hear, I think God is giving me some direction. And we turn and we sort of walk in that direction only to find that, no, that wasn't it. And, and it seems like he's moved in a different direction. And sometimes our literal relationship with God feels a bit like that. Sometimes the circumstances of our life, the worry, the stress, the things that we're carrying, the pressure, literally, they blind us. They put a blinder over our eye from being able to see what is in front of us, what is really, really in front of us. And our circumstances can do that. Our circumstances can get so big that they literally block whatever is happening around kind of that bigger picture of what God is doing. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. How many of us have lost something that is literally right in front of you? Like your phone, it's in your back pocket, and you're like, where's my phone? I can't find it anywhere. Or your keys, they're sitting on, you know, you put them in a different drawer, but they're right there, and you open the drawer, and you can't see them because your eyes are literally fixated on something else. The other day, I was literally, it, like, this close to somebody, and they, they look the other way, and they go, Lori, where are you? And I was like, um, right here because I got my new do and they didn't recognize me, right? <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes we don't see the things that are right in front of us. We're blind because we're focused on something else. But the question that we need to ask ourselves is, do we know that we're blind? Do we recognize when we're blind? You see, sometimes we need to close our natural eyes to be able to see in the spirit, to be able to see with our spirit what is right in front of us. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there's an incredible, incredible story. The whole chapter is amazing. You should read it sometime if you haven't before. But there's a cool, cool part of the story where the servant of Elijah the prophet woke up early in the morning and saw the, uh, the Syrian army surrounding them on every side. And he was like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And sometimes we wake up that way too. Sometimes we wake up in the morning, I don't know if you're like me, and you feel literally like an army of pressure and weight and expectation and, and stress and worry and concern and weight and responsibility is literally pressing in on you from all sides. And you just kind of lay there in that moment and think, oh my gosh, like... I don't have enough time to do all the things I need to do today. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. We can feel literally like there's an army surrounding us. For years and years and years, I woke up with this sense of dread. This first kind of second when I woke out of bed, it was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do it. And then it would leave and I'd go on with my day. But literally every day, just that sense that something was pressing against us. 2 Kings 6, when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master. I love that, alas. I think we should bring that word back. It's so cute. Alas, I'm here at heart conference. Hello. It's so good. Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What? 
I'm sure the servant was like, what are you talking about? We're surrounded on every side. We're literally going to be annihilated today. And then Elijah prayed this prayer, and this is the prayer of this whole weekend. And he said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. Oh, Lord, please open our eyes that we may see. And so the Lord opened his eyes, and the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The armies of heaven are pressing back the darkness in your life. When you wake up in the morning and you're overwhelmed and you sense the pressure coming from every side, there is an army of heaven pressing back the darkness in your life. But what if you are too blinded by the weight of your circumstance to recognize that provision that's there for you, to step into it, to walk into it, knowing that if God is for you, who can be against you? Do you know where you're blind? Do you know when you're blind and you can't see? You see, in the New Testament, when Jesus came on the scene, he healed the blind all of the time. But almost every time, he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? You see, there's something about us being able to recognize where we cannot see, where we need God to open our eyes to see what we cannot see. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. We have been fooled often that this life and the way that we're living it is just as good as it gets because we look around and everybody seems to live like this. Everybody seems to be stressed out and overwhelmed and so busy and have too much on their plate and they're depressed and they're anxious and they're sad and it just feels normal. We literally think that that's how we're supposed to live. But we don't realize when we wake up that the armies of heaven are literally on our side, pushing back the darkness in our life on our behalf. You see, we have a gift, and it's our inheritance in Christ. It's an immeasurable gift of grace that we could never, ever exhaust. And all we have to do is walk in it. And this gift gives us boldness and confidence in our faith in the finished work of the cross. And when we believe it, we get access to the fullness of this gift. It's literally like having a bank account. A bank account with an immeasurable inheritance that whenever you need provision, that you can withdraw from it. And it's like us just going through our lives with all of the burdens that we're carrying and never making a withdrawal. In fact, we go through our lives and we literally complain about all the things we don't have. We complain about the things that the way our life is going and how it's not working out the way we thought and we never make the withdrawal. We forget that the armies of heaven are pushing back the darkness on our behalf but just because we can't see it, just because that servant couldn't see it, it didn't mean it wasn't there. God has already made a provision for you. We sang last night that the battle is the Lord's and God is fighting on your behalf. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not happening. But when we choose to allow God to open our eyes and partner with it, everything changes. Everything that we see changes. 
I want to make this really practical, though. I just want to get, like, right practical. How does this actually work? How do I do this in my life? How do I walk out this provision in my life? And so I want you to think about a difficult situation, like a a relational, maybe someone who's hurt you, or a frustrating person in your life. I mean, so often we all have them. We all have people in our life, even people that are not going anywhere, if you know what I'm saying. And they're constantly frustrating us. They're constantly doing things that hurt or that are hard to deal with or that give us lots of, t- of time on our knees about. And so I want you to just think about a difficult situation. Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a relationship with a friend. Just a difficult situation, a hurtful situation. I want you to think about what's your instinctual reaction when someone hurts you, when you feel hurt, when you feel offended, when you feel like someone's done something like how could they do that? What is your instinctual reaction? I know for me, sometimes I'm like, I would never do something like that. Like, how could they do that, right? Self-righteousness kicks in and you're like, how dare they? How could they do that? Or sometimes we just pick up an offense. Sometimes we just pull away completely and withdraw from them, withdraw love from them. Sometimes, I mean, we actually allow a resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness to come into our hearts. Sometimes we get passive aggressive and we try to hurt them back in some way or want some sort of vengeance. Listen, these are our instinctual reactions. Fight or flight. What is it? What's your instinct? And I want you to think of some of those reactions that I just listed and the ways that we just respond in those situations. And I want you to answer out loud for me these questions. Do any of those reactions come from God or are godly? No. Will responding in those ways make you more like Jesus? No. Will any of these reactions bring life to your soul? No. Do any of these reactions right the wrong that has been done to you? No. Do any of these reactions redeem the wrong that has been done to you? No, they don't. So why do we do them? Why do we do those things? Why do we literally, as we respond in those instinctual fleshly ways that are only going to bring upon further hurt and death, to the joy and life and peace that God wants to bring us, why do we do it? God has literally made a provision in his word for what we need to do in any and every situation. The provision is found in God's word, and it's there for us to grab hold of every single day. And so I thought about my own situation. This may be may have happened to me quite recently, like maybe last week. And I literally was like, okay, God, what does your word say about when someone hurts us and offends us? What do I do? And I just off the top of my head, just pulled out a few scriptures and ideas of what does God's word say that we should do in those situations. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay. Okay. Judge not lest you be judged. Okay, that's tough, okay. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong, does not delight in evil, rejoices in the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Okay, Whew, okay, that's hard, that's a lot. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ has forgiven you. Okay, okay. Consider it joy when you face trials because the testing of your faith produces endurance. Oh my goodness, okay. So now there's a provision, okay? There's, this is what do I do when I'm in a situation where I've been hurt and offended? There's what I do. So I want you to think about those things. I want you to think about the things that God says in his word. 
because so often we see it as a book of rules. So often we see it like it's rules that we have to follow, and if we don't, we won't be blessed. We think that it literally is something like our obedience is a requirement or a condition of God's grace in our life, but it's not. It's not. It's our provision. Our obedience to God's word is our provision. It's not a condition. It's our provision, and it's the provision that God has given us. So I want you to think of those scriptures I just read. I want you to think about your situation, and I want you to answer these questions again for me. So if you did those things, if you responded and reacted in those ways in the situation that you're in, do any of these things come from God and are godly things? Yes, they are. Will responding in those ways make you more like Jesus? Yes, they will. Are any of those reactions going to bring life to your soul? Yes, they are. Do any of those reactions right the wrong that has been done to you? No. They don't. They don't right the wrong. Do any of those reactions redeem the wrong that has been done to you? Yes, they do. So four out of five of those are yeses. So why don't we do those things? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's because they don't right the wrong that has been done to us. And the enemy gets us tripped up on that every single time. Every single time the enemy brings us back into the realm of justice, puts us in the place of judge, and says, I need to do something in order to right this wrong. And he lies to us and fools us into thinking that if we hold that offense, that somehow that's payback for what has happened. If we hold unforgiveness against them, that'll show them. That'll show them. No, the only one that's getting robbed in that is us. The only one that's getting robbed in that is us. And that takes us all the way back to the Garden of Eden, the very, very, very beginning, the very thing that Adam and Eve were tempted with. They literally had perfect relationship with God, the fullness of abundant life all of the time. And literally they were tempted with this, this idea that I could understand good and evil. I could be the judge. I could decide what was right and wrong. And it was so tempting for them that they literally disobeyed God. They did get, they did get the knowledge of good and evil, but it has never, ever produced life from that day till now. And it never will again. You see, God's word is literally full of provision for us. It's not about rules. It's not about following rules. It's about walking in the provision that will produce abundant life for your life. There is absolutely nothing on this side of eternity that can right the wrongs that have been done to you. Some of you have had horrific things done to you, things that have even gone into our legal justice system. Does that even right the wrongs that have been done to you? It doesn't. There's nothing that can right the wrongs that have been done to us. We have to put it in the hands of God, and we have to trust that God is going to make things right one day in a way that we can't understand. You see, this provision that God has given us is unseen. It's not tangible like a pen or like money, like something that we can hold. And we won't find it looking with our natural eyes. When we just look with our natural eyes, we're going to get caught up in the circumstances every time. But when we look with our eye, the eyes of our spirit, we can see the provision that God has made. You see, your relationship with God is not at all like a game of Marco Polo. No, what the scriptures tell us is that when one turns to the Lord and calls out to him, 
he removes the veil and brings freedom. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. And so the question that I have for you is, are you ready to make an exchange? Are you ready to make an exchange for the ways that you have reacted and responded for the provision that God has made for you? And there's one step that comes before you can have the fullness of the richness of the inheritance that Christ has made for you, and that's salvation. And just because you're here at a conference that's at a church, I don't want to make an assumption that you have given your life to Jesus, that you have surrendered your life to Jesus. When you surrender your life to Jesus, he literally pours on you, not by any merit of your own, not by anything that you've done or deserve, the immeasurable goodness of his grace and the riches of his inheritance and the promise of everything that is in this book is for you. And so I'm going to have everyone in this place just close your eyes right now. And I just want to ask you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to surrender afresh today your life to Jesus to say, I need you, Jesus, to be Lord of my life. I want the riches of and the fullness of your inheritance for my life so I can walk in life. I want you just to raise your hand, not for my sake, but just before the Lord, that you would just say, I want to be saved. I want to give you my life. I want to freshly surrender my life to you today. And we're going to do it simply by praying a prayer together. And there are hands up all over this room. And as sisters all together, I want us to pray this prayer together as sisters. All together, what for one another, we're going to pray. I want you to repeat after me, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Loving me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Forgive me for my sins and make me new. I surrender my life to you today. Exchange all of my brokenness for the rich inheritance of your grace. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. So beautiful, ladies. Can we just give a clap? There are so many of you that just made the best decision you will ever make in your life. It will change your life forever. And you now, in this moment, the Holy Spirit fills you, the Spirit of God fills you, and you now are a partaker of the rich inheritance of God's grace that comes because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Well done, ladies. Well, well, well done. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you.